0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley President, KPP Financial, Independent Thinking, Shared Success.
1: And now today's
0: podcast.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. And of course, you know, that we the market is still reeling from uh, the coronavirus fear. And notice, it's not the virus that's the problem; it's the fear of the virus is the problem. Remember, our economy is driven by the consumer, and there's hardly anybody sick. It's going to spread. We all know that, but the consumer not spending is where the where the damage is going to be done to our economy. Not the virus. Virus is no more or less dangerous than the bad flu. We don't care. Seem to care about the flu. So that's what the problem is: is the fear of the coronavirus. And so, try to calm down. I'm, I'm, you know, It's not that big of a deal. Yes, I know people are going to say, well, it's spreading around the world. It's causing people to die. Well, the flu, I got stats on that later and I'll share them with you. But it's, it's minuscule compared to the, the flu, minuscule, still. And it probably will remain that way for some time, maybe for a couple, three years. Remember, the coronavirus is like any other virus. It's not going to go away you know it's just it's just going to spread and you know most you, did you notice that young young kids don't get really sick they're not dying at all it's people with the compromised systems that are the ones who die anyways obviously the coronavirus is on the top of the news for everybody and even though i think it should slowly filter off and not be so important but it is causing volatility and how you deal with volatility is very important. And so hopefully I can give you some strategies about that. And hopefully we can still reach, we can, if with these strategies, hopefully we'll still reach our financial freedom goal. You know, this is a one-time thing, people. It will subside. But it's how much damage the fear will do to our economy that we have to worry about. And of course I'm hoping that's why you're listening to Invest Talk to give you some guidance on this. I'm Steve Peasling. I hope you'll call me today, as you do every day, through the Invest Talk Radio program and the podcast guidance, maybe I can help you be a better investor. That's the goal. One way Justin and I do that is to do is to help, you know, implement a philosophy of shared thinking and success. We 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 share with you what our thoughts are. And you can tell us what's yours. I've gotten some good ideas from clients. From listeners, from people that, you know, huh? yeah, I'm, I'm willing to be open. Our company, KPP Financial, is a little bit different than other advising firms. You know, we, we don't pay for any, you know, gu- we don't take any pay for guidance or anybody convince us to say something or not say something. We don't do any of that. We recommend investment strategies that we think will help. That's it. Simple as that. Okay, I'm here to ready and answer to, ready, willing and wanting to answer any of your investing financial questions. Our Anytime Listener Line number is open, and I'm taking calls. We're, we're live right now, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, so the number is 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T, CHART. So let me remind you that Justin Klein will be traveling to San Jose, March 20th, to meet with registered listeners who... You know, wanna talk about their uh, their portfolios and it's no obligation, no cost, you know, uh, you know, it's a portfolio of views. And he will sit down and talk to you if you, you want to if you want to set up a time, you've got to make a reservation. So remember, San Jose, March twentieth. You can register now at investtalk.com. My main talking point today. Could the coronavirus outbreak be the biggest danger for the global economy since the financial crisis of 2008? Some analysts are predicting the downside risk scenario will be sharper and more prolonged. So we're going to look at that today. Will that be? It could be. Remember, it's the fear of the virus that's causing all the everybody, all governments and everything else to react. And it's causing fear of consumers. And the more that happens, the more it affects the economy. Because you know, remember, our economy, which is the world's largest, is 66 per, 66% guided and controlled by consumer spending. The rest of the world is also consumer. China, is, they moved to a consumer-based economy. So, you know, that's where the fear is. So how did the market, market do today? Well, it started up. Did you see that the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates and mid, didn't even have a meeting, but lowered interest rates by 50 basis points, a half a percent? Did that help the market? Not really. The Dow was down 786. The Nasdaq down 268. And the S&P down 87. So it didn't really help the market. It did for a little bit. But maybe some traders are worried because, remember, think of the psychology. The Federal Reserve mid mid. Between meetings, lowered half a percent. What do they know? They must know something. Oh no, when they may not know something, but that could be the psychology. Anyways, let's go ahead and take some calls. Let's go to Shane in Georgia. How you doing, Shane?
0: Good, Steve. Hey, uh, got two quick questions for you. Hopefully, uh, so first one is kind of about diversifying. Uh, you know, I'm kind of young, trying to build my portfolio. Uh, you know, how many core companies do you invest in to start out with? Uh, do you throw in 20 shares here and 80 there or a little bit about that? Second question is about Tesla. If you got in early, made a little bit of money, is it time to sell?
1: Okay. Uh, core investments. That should make up probably about 80% of your portfolio. Let's say you had $100,000, so $80,000 should be core that you're holding forever pretty much. That's the thinking. You may not hold it forever, but the thinking should be, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hold these guys forever. So that should be about eighty percent, and should represent. Uh, don't I don't we buy three percent of any one stock for our clients and ourselves. We never buy more than three percent, but you can go up to five. You know, five percent of your portfolio. So you should have you know fifteen to twenty-five core holdings, and five to ten, you know, more speculative or trading type stocks if you think that's what you want to do, and that'd be fine. You know, that, that'd that be fine. And Tesla, T-S-L-A. Now, Tesla, of course, as you know, is the electric car company. And the question was, will they be able to outgrow the huge debt they incurred? In other words, they've incurred and continue to incur huge debt. Are they going to be able to, to outpace it with sales and growth? And that's always been the fear. Okay, they are going to finally make money this year, $8.62 a share, and next year is scheduled to be $14.65. So, they're finally scheduled to make money, but they still have huge debt. They have to keep growing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to uh, recover. I mean, you know, Tesla is that... Tesla is a Teflon stock. Nothing seems to touch it. You know, every time the the, the, the uh, analysts come out and say, oh, this is not good, that's not good, the stock doesn't really care. It keeps going up. If you own it, it looks like it's going to recover. It was down just a ha- hair today. It was up nicely. Oh, actually, it ended up being up $25, dollar one89 So it was only up a hair today. Um you know i don't i would not own tesla because of the debt i don't like the huge debt it is taking it has taken on and i don't trust the i don't trust um, uh, the uh, ceo the owner i don't trust he might do something go off on a tangent and buy something else or you know take on a huge more debt i don't trust him so i would probably get out you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we rep- and we present this program with five new shows each weekday, Monday through Friday. And it is streamed live in our four o'clock hour on, invest- on InvestTalk.com. Four o'clock Pacific time. So I hope you tell your friends and family and members and-, and join us here on Invest Talk. I encourage you to explore the podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, rate, and all that stuff. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and We're taking your questions live now in this hour. 888-99-CHART.
2: It's Tuesday, and we've all been watching the market whipsaw up, then down. And you've got finance and investing questions. Steve Peasley is on duty, and he's ready to talk with you now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? I'm good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call.
3: I always enjoy your show. Enjoy your show. Thank uh, you. Today, uh, I would like to get some guidance on... Uh, i bought got some cash sitting on the side and uh, was mm-hmm. thinking of investing into Q2Q. Uh, what is a good point? Uh, I don't want to catch the falling knife. But what is a good entry point for that? That I should start uh, putting twenty, thirty percent chunk in two or three Mm. instalment on the downward place.
1: Okay. Well, let's. I, I, I start with tomorrow. If tomorrow, if tomorrow it falls and it. There's at right around two hundred dollars per share. Okay, that's what the cues are. Uh, they're at two oh nine right now. If it bounces off and up from two hundred dollars, I would buy my first tranche. You said you want to break it in three pieces. That would be because that's where it went before, right down to there and bounced off. Okay, so that would be okay. my first tranche. Let's say the market opens up tomorrow, and if it goes right now, remember that it's right now at two oh seven. If it bounces above 220, I would probably get into buy the first tranche again. So here you are going to buy it if it bounces off a low. And if it rallies, do you want to buy it if it rallies above a, a, a resistance point? And 220 is now resistance on the upside. So I have a feeling you're going to see the market chatter here for a while, BJ, between those two numbers. I just don't, yeah. I just have a hard time believing that it's going to take off and go back up to a new high. Just don't, not yet. We're still working out what this coronavirus is going to do. And you saw that the Fed lowered the interest rates half a point today. So the Fed, you know, is concerned about what this might do to the economy, the fear might do to the economy, not the virus itself, but the fear of the virus and people reacting to it. Um, so, which pretty much is the same as the virus because people reacting to it. So that Fed and the government wants to calm everybody down, and when, we'll see that in the stock price. You know that, right, BJ? That what will happen is you can watch the queues. you'll watch it, it go up and down in big, big chunks, right? And as it goes up and down in smaller and smaller chunks, the fear is fading, and that's really what you're waiting for: is see if the fear subsides. And that's what you're looking for in that in the chart. And you can see it by the movement being coming less during intraday movement. So just keep an eye on it. Those are the two things I think you should do for your first tranche. BJ, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Now, as investor, we've all been watching how market reacts to the coronavirus news, and we're witnessing a lot of volatility. And you should not be surprised by this volatility. We, I talked about it late last year that this year we we're going to have a lot of volatility, and we're just seeing it. And I didn't know it was going to be caused by the coronavirus. I just assumed it was going to be something. I don't know what it would be. But I do think we were going to have more volatility because of the election year and those kinds of things. But that doesn't seem to be the cause. Everybody's focused on that corona thing. Globally, there's about 90,000 people, confirmed cases, 90,000. That's nothing, by the way. (laughs) That's hardly any. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people get the flu every year. The vast majority of cases are in deaths or in China. Hardly any other, not that many cases everywhere else. Even though I will guarantee you, it's going to spread. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Iran's state media had a surprising admission that they said nearly 10% of Iran lawmakers are infected with the coronavirus. They never talk about that kind of stuff. They don't. So it's spreading. It's going to continue to spread. It is interesting that children are, you know, are not, doesn't seem to sicken children very much, which is great. Okay. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure. On the next invest talk, this story. A prominent economist says the global economy will stop just short of the coronavirus recession. Could he be right? That's the story tomorrow. In other words, he doesn't think we're going to go into a recession. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your calls, your questions at 888-99-CHART.
2: It's been another busy week for the markets, lots of news, and coronavirus uncertainty. But you're interested in achieving financial freedom, so you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888
1: 99 Chart. Real quick, I want to give you some. Scale. Okay, you just heard me give you some numbers on the coronavirus. 90,000 people worldwide, and like 3,000 people died. Okay, worldwide, that's 6 billion people. There's 330 million people in the United States, and we have 32 million cases of flu this year, and 20,000 people died from that flu this year. And that's just in the United States. See, this is what I'm saying. The scale is ridiculous. It's uh, it's just silly. Yes, it's bad. It'll spread, but no one fears the flu. And how many people that kills? It just amazes me how people freak out about something. I just I'm just so surprised. And it's the freaking out about it which is causes the economy to the, the, you know the, to, to to shrink. I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna affect our growth rate this year. The fear is, not the flu, the fear, people's reaction to the fear of that, something that probably won't affect them. The chances are super minuscule, and if it is, it's just like having the flu. Anyway, so let's go to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? Good, Steve. Oh, Uh, damn it. Yeah, I'm kind of, I
3: don't know, uh, XOM, uh, ExxonMobil, it just seems uh, it's six-plus – percent dividend and i, I just feel uh, uh a desire to buy some i'd like to get in maybe around 50 if it comes down to 50 what do you think
1: i'd buy it i bought it on friday that's what i think friday is the day that it was down and then it came back up i bought it on friday for many many of my accounts exxon mobile everybody six point eight percent dividend today that's what the Rate is engaged in exploration production and, you know it's ExxonMobil, 217 billion dollar company. Why does it get beat up so much? Well, obviously people fearing the fearing the the virus and the airplanes are having less passengers because people are not flying around and governments, you know, concerned that they would spread the virus. All that fear and the stock got crushed. Okay, fine with me. Crush the stock. I'll be a buyer of it, and I did. And I may buy more. I'm I'm not fearing it. I think you should buy it. Okay, let's put it this way. The Federal Reserve just lowered the interest rates by 50 basis points. And so let's drag down the uh, 10-year treasury to below 1%. Okay, so what do you think that's going to do your, your savings account? How much money do you think you're going to make? One-tenth of 1%? Or would you rather buy ExxonMobil and get 6.8% per year? Wait for it to bounce, wait for it to come back for however long it waits. The question is easy. Yeah, it might be much more volatile than it's putting in the bank, but I'm going to get six percent, 6.8% of my money. I don't care. It can, the stock price can bounce around all at once. I know eventually it'll probably come back, and then I can get rid of it if the interest rates go up by then. Who knows? My main talking point today, could the coronavirus outbreak be the biggest danger for the global economy since the financial crisis of 2008? Well, I would say yes. I mean, I, I don't think that's even a question. I mean, I don't even know why they asked that question. It's because it's a reaction to it. And, you know, how, and I, I just, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people probably have the virus here in the United States, didn't know it and thought it was the flu and just got better and moved on. I bet you we'll come across that. I bet you that's gonna come out in the news. Because, you know, they never really knew the testing is questionable as to actually finding that that is the coronavirus or not. Because we don't have all those test kits and all that stuff. So what probably is gonna see, we'll probably see a lot more cases because they have the proper testing done. Okay. But it's still, it's still minuscule. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, the Organization of Economic Cooperation Development has said that the economy is facing a pretty big threat, and it would probably make the global uh, economy shrink by about 1.5% for the year, this year. And it is definitely going to affect the United States. It's going to affect us. Depends on how long this fear lasts. Is it going to last months or just a few weeks? And no one really knows. Uh, Justin thinks it's going to last longer than I do. But then, you know, my, my my feelings toward it is pretty, not nearly as fearful as everybody else is, apparently. I just don't, just not afraid of it. Doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. Anyways, 888-99-CHARGE, our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. I think... Okay, I mentioned the Fed lowering interest rates. So the the Fed fund rate is now 1% to 1.25%. Okay, and it's going to... Consumer spending numbers, or numbers I think I have numbers to talk about, are are pretty darn good, but that's looking at last month's. So we'll see. Okay, the coronavirus has pretty much affected market psychology. You all know that. So the volatility is huge, right? Up and down, up and down. Historically speaking, this is my trivia question, by the way. Historically speaking, following market sell-offs, when does the market show positive returns? How soon? How long does it take? The answer will make you wonder if you should buy it now. We will continue after the break. But now we are taking your market and financial questions live, Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
2: At the start of each new day, We are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there, to your idea of financial freedom, is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. You are listening to InvestTalk. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his Unbiased Investment Guidance. Eight 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 ninety nine chart Eight 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 nine nine two
1: four two seven eight. 992 4278 So my question, my trivia question before the break. Okay. Uh, last week, the Dow Jones Industrial, the S&P 500, and the Nasdaq Composite all fell about 10%. Or more. Stocks posted their biggest weekly decline since October 2008. Now, that slide sent the major averages firmly into correction. Down 10% or more. So the question is, historically speaking, following these kinds of sell-offs, what does the market do? When does, how long does it take to show positive returns? How soon does it recover? Now, there's been several studies that show that the quick market corrections like the one that occurred, remember, these corrections fell hard and fast, like last week, tend to have sharp gains in the weeks thereafter. Now, the coronavirus remains the developing issue. We don't know if we have all the facts yet. So it might be a bit different because we don't know all the facts yet. Other sharp corrections were, we knew what the facts are. In 1990, the analyst prior to market declines of 10% over five trading days shows that equities tend to rebound in the weeks that follow. In fact, during the October 2008 plunge of 14.6% after each sell-off has led to a positive turn just two weeks after the fall. Okay, so let's look at an example. S&P 500 turns following a five-day period where losses of 10% or more. It's September 2001, the 9-11 attacks, market fell 11.6% in five days. So what happened next? The S&P gained 10.9% over the next two weeks. A second example, August of 1998, the five-day drop of off was 12%. After six months, the return after the correction was 28% return. After falling in five days. So historically, when something falls this fast, this quickly, the returns are very fast coming back. Now, there's too few data points to make that you know, prediction. You can't. I'm just giving you some facts. I think once everybody is, once the fear is slows down, then you'll see recovery. Once that fear crests and comes down, and of course, we don't know if we're there yet, but I think I think I'm being a buyer of this this right now. I'd be very slow, very, very deliberate buyer at this stage. And that might go in the face of other people's beliefs. But I am I am I'm going to be a buyer. Now let's keep moving. The question came in earlier. This one, eight eighty eight, ninety nine chart.
0: Hey,
2: Stephen, Justin. My name is Lee from Florida, and I just have a question regards
0: to which platform would you both recommend? use for tracking or to research on dividend stocks in general, and not just the stocks in the United States, but also international stocks. If you could share that, I would
2: greatly appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Well, if you're looking for dividend stocks, I have said this many times, there's a book called Dividend Achievers out there, Dividend Dividend achievers. That's the kind of for me that's the Bible of dividend paying stocks. It gives you all kinds of history, page after page of stocks. Uh, paying dividends, how long, how increasing dividends, some that how long they've been paying, who pays the most, and all kinds of information on individual stocks in that book. Comes out like every couple of years, and it's not cheap. It's like I don't know, fifty bucks. But if you're looking for dividend payers, that's where I would look. That's what I'd go. So that would be my first place. Now we download data from all kinds of sources, and Y charts is our most most widely used choice in my office. Y charts, but it's an expensive piece of software, and you may not want to buy that. But that that's a software for everything, not just dividends, dividend paying stocks. That has every kind of economic and stock news out there that is possible. Let's go to Usher in New Jersey. He wants to talk about a mutual fund. Usher?
3: Uh, yes. Hi, uh, <clears throat> hi, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Hi. Yes, I want to talk about um, its Vanguard High Yield Tax Exempt Fund. The ticker symbol is VWAHX. And uh, <clears throat> I have some cash sitting that I would like to invest for short to mid-term, about a year into two years. And uh, with the current market situation, um, you know, I don't feel comfortable enough to put this cash into risk assets. Uh, This fund, you know, uh, for the most part, it uh, invests in investment-grade muni bonds. Um, And Mm -hmm. so um, it, it seems like over the past few years, it has a good, you know, and sustainable um <clears throat> uh, performance record so i just wanted to get your feedback to what you think of this fund and would it be advisable to uh, invest in into uh, you know for a year or two at least
1: okay um i just want to warn everybody you included looking back at any funds that has bonds or treasuries or anything else looking back over the last few years all of them are going to be very good performers because interest rates have been falling for the last few years, for the last some ten years, twelve years, when interest rates fall, values of, of bonds go up. So bond funds, whether they're high yield or not, will go up. And therefore, you looks like you're making a lot of money in the press, but you can't pass. You can't look in the rearview mirror. You got to look in the windshield. The best. Do you think interest rates are going to continue to fall? No, they are likely. that, well. They, they lowered them half percent today, so it could fall. But but the odds are being so low, that 1% for federal funds rate, that, that the, the interest rates can't continue to fall unless they go into negative territory. And that that's a whole nother can of words. But you said you wanted to use it for a short-term period, and that might work out for a year or two. That could be it. That could work. The yield is about 3%. Now, that's going to go down probably because they lowered interest rates. Um, but they're going to keep the rates pretty low for some time, in my opinion. So it's a good place to park money if you don't want to have market exposure. But don't think it's going to gain you a lot of money. It's just not. It's not going to do that well. It's not nearly as well as it has in the past. It's just not. Usher, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Eight 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 ninety nine chart so how about some market hedges? I know you're all worried out there. I don't know if you guys already hedged or not, but if you haven't, I wouldn't. But I'll give you some ideas on how to hedge. Uh, there are uh, Here's four ways to try to hedge against the market. First one is low volatility ETF. These are ETFs I'm talking about. Low volatility ETF. In other words, these are ETFs that don't go up and down. They have low betas, and they don't go up and down with the market. So, that's a hedge against the market. Another one is short. ETF shorting the indexes. You can short the indexes. Sell, you buy this ETF that's shorting. You can do it with the IRA and everything else. They short the indexes. You're buying the ETF. You can do a long short ETF. They have several of them. Long short, long short. They go short in the ETF and they go long. Buy stocks long and sell stocks short inside the ETF. And, of course, the old standby, you can buy gold. You see what gold did today, by the way, everybody? See how much it went up? It really, it, it did, I think it was 40-something dollars an ounce rose today. So, it's, it's being just as volatile as the market. And gold is being pretty volatile recently. Okay, so... Expect more volatility. Some people wonder why why the gold miners aren't going up with the gold price. You know, why aren't they? And it's kind of surprising. It's kind of unusual. But one of the reasons is because they're stocks and everybody's been selling off everything, all their holdings. And you notice the dollar has been coming off sharply, going down. And usually that means gold prices go up. And usually gold miners would go up in the same situation. Which is kind of interesting. And unfortunately, I wish it wouldn't because I have gold miners in one of our accounts and it's not doing it. I was hoping it would be anti market and it hasn't really done that at this point. I'm C. Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance. So hopefully, and you will call us and get some of that guidance. And that's what we're all about. I also encourage you to consider subscribing to the KPP Premium newsletter i are written and distributed every Friday. And in the newsletter, you'll get valuable information every week about markets, portfolio management, economies, get a couple stock ideas. You know, every Friday it comes out. Every Friday. So, and of course, on Friday's show, I usually give, you know, some expert excerpts from the KPPB newsletter. But you can subscribe at any time at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions. Eighty-eight, ninety-nine chart. This is Invest Talk, and with the market volatility,
2: you've got to be sure that your portfolio assets are properly balanced. And on March twentieth, Justin Klein will be traveling to San Jose, California, to meet with registered listeners to provide no cost and no obligation portfolio review consultations. March twentieth, San Jose. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com.
3: Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I'm a long-time listener. Just want to see if you could give me some information on Sprouts, Sierra, Foxtrot, Mike. Interested in holding it for for a couple years. I think it's uh, good value. If you could just see what uh, what you think, it would be much appreciated. Thank you.
1: Well, I go to Sprouts almost every week, so I kind of like Sprouts. Uh, Sprouts Farmers Market operates 313 supermarkets in 19 states, offering natural and organic food items. They have. They make money. They've been making money forever. They're gonna make a dollar twenty-eight a share this year, two percent higher than last year. They're gonna make a dollar thirty-two next year, three percent higher than this year. Sales have been growing seven, eight percent a quarter after quarter. They were growing ten, eleven percent a year ago, quarter after quarter. But now the sales have slowed down a little bit. Uh, is it a great value, a good value? I think so. The stock is selling for $16.45. Makes going to make a dollar thirty-two next year. So, what, 13 PE, 12 PE, 13 PE? And the low five-year range is 12 to 47. Return equity is very high at 26. They have not that much debt, debt, great cash flow. I mean, it's hard to not like it. Mutual funds are... About the same they were a year ago. Neither buyers or sellers. It's hard not to like Sprouts. I, I like Sprouts. There's no dividend, so you don't buy it for that. And it's a not. It's a 1.9 billion dollar company, so it's a small cap company, very healthy small cap company. So hopefully, it was trading in the 30s just a few years ago. I mean, in 2016, it made 83 cents a share, and it was the high was 30 dollars a share. The year before was 86 cents a share, and the high was 38 dollars a share. The year before that, 2014, made 72 dollars a share, and the high was 40. And here it is sitting at 16.45. So I think if you're going, this is a value play that is, to me, a no-brainer. I'd buy it, and just hold it. I think it's going to recover. I don't know how long it's going to take to recover, but I think it will. Now, as you know, Justin and I make it a practice to get to many callers' with questions, the questions that we can't. So let's do it. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi,
0: Steve and Justin. I have a question regarding IRA accounts. I have a brokerage account from IRA and wondered
3: if I were to day trade a stock
1: with the tax implications something I don't have to be concerned with until I make a take out a distribution I'm not there yet have about 10 years so and also was wondering if I had a brokerage account for my Roth IRA I do not need to be concerned about the taxes on that account is that correct Uh, be listening to the answer on your podcast thanks Yes, on IRAs or Roth IRAs, you can... Any profits or losses you make are not, there's no tax consequences. In, either, in other words, you don't have to pay taxes of any gains, and you don't get to write off the losses, capital losses, against other capital gains. Other than, you know, that doesn't matter because there is no tax consequences in either one. Yeah, so if you were going to be a day trader, it would be smarter to do it in an IRA simply because you never have to keep track of all those taxes and non taxes gains because they're all short term, right? So I'm not a big fan of day trading. I don't think people should do it. But if you're going to do it, it's smarter to do it in a Roth or a regular IRA. Yes. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. So how do you decide whether you buy a Roth or a regular IRA, or how do you decide between an IRA or a 401k to put money in? How do you How do you decide that? Well, it's not a simple thing you would think it is, but it isn't, and it depends on your tax bracket because there's limitations on some of the some of the requirements. Um, um, but generally speaking, if you have a 401k and the employer matches anything, of course that's the first thing you do is take as much as the employer matches they're going to give you. It's free money. But if let's say they don't match, is it better to open up an IRA or a 401k? Do you contribute to the IRA or do you contribute to the 401k? The big difference there is IRA, you're limited usually to, you know, $6,500 or $5,500 is a limit. And in the 401k, it's much higher, Twenty, you know, $18,500 or 20, it's just higher. I don't want to give you too much detail because there's a lot of detail to get to. But so, you know, that would be all, that's the kind of decision. And Roth versus regular, do you need a write-off or not need a write-off? Those are the kind of decisions that you have to think about. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's our goal, and of course, we're going to continue that, that work to get there right after this break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART.
2: On the next Invest Talk, a prominent investment economist says the global economy will stop just short of a coronavirus recession. Could he be right? That story tomorrow. But now the Anytime listener lines are open and Steve Peasley is here and ready for your questions. Call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart. 888
1: 992 4278. We're going to go to Robbie in Kansas City. He wants to talk about Visa. Robbie. Hey,
3: Steve. Thank you for taking my call thank you um uh with the recent dip i want to add uh financials to my portfolio and i'm looking at visa um uh-huh. so fundamentally it looks pretty good but it kind of looks like expensive on the p multiples basis so yeah
1: do you think yeah. uh,
3: what trend line do you think uh, do you suggest to get in um
1: yeah, even though it fell hard from 212 all the way down to 173 or so at the worst. Now today is at 185. Even it's still not cheap. Don't think of it in terms of inexpensive. It's not. They're going to make seven dollars nineteen cents. The growth of 13% uh, from the year before. They're going to grow 17% the year next year. Uh, their sales are doing well. 10, 13% growth. And Visa provides global payment solutions to support you know, credit card, debt payments, programs, and financial institutions. It's a very solid company. It's one of those companies you'd like to own. It doesn't pay much of dividend. Uh, but I, it's still not cheap. Right now, the P.E. is around 34. Now, the P.E. range is 23 to 38 in the last five years. So, it's still not even at the low part of the range after falling hard. So... Uh, I'd be patient here. Uh, It's still not cheap enough. Maybe if it got into low 170s again, that might be support. That might be a place to buy it. But I'd be patient here because it's still expensive, Robbie. So just be careful, okay? Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Visa with the symbol V, everybody. 888.99 chart. Did you know that some stocks did not go down from this recent sharp fall off? Okay, do you know what companies didn't go down? Well, one, Gilead. uh, I'm not recommending any of these companies, by the way. This is not a recommendation. I'm just reporting the news. Gilead, symbol G-I-L-D, didn't go down. Biotech company, because they're working on a coronavirus. I hear that they have phase three trials going in China right now. Um, Another pharmaceutical, Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. But not all, not all of them are, are pharmaceuticals that did not go down. How about E-Trade Financial didn't go down. CME Group, this investment banker, didn't go down. Numa Mine Precious Metals, which you suspect it wouldn't go down. And uh, another banker, uh, CBOE, Global Markets. So not everything went down like you might think. So, just be aware. I have a email question that came in. Someone asked um, um, question for Steve. Um, I have held the trade desk, TDT, TTD, the trade desk, and it seems to be shooting up right now as the overall market is in correction mode. Is it a good time to sell? I'm up 33%. So, let's look at TTD, everybody. TTD. Uh, let me pull up a chart on that guy too. Over here. TTD. And Trade Desk, it's a self service platform for ad buys and purchase and manage data driven digital advertisement campaigns. Sales growth in the high 30s quarter after quarter. Last year was in high 40s quarter after quarter. The year before that was high 50s or mid 50s quarter after quarter. It's going to make three dollars and seventy-two cents a share this year. That's one percent higher than last, and then jump twenty-four percent next year to four dollars sixty-two cents. So the talk it did come down. It came down from about three hundred and oh maybe three hundred and fifteen down to two hundred and sixty. So it came down. It's now two seventy-seven. Don't think it didn't. It did. I don't know where he thought it didn't. It did. Um, but is it overpriced? Yes. It's a $277 stock right now. It's going to make $4.62. That's pretty expensive. So, personally, I'd stay away from it. I'd take my profits. You said you had a 33% pro- I'd take my profits and leave. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Talk program, everybody. I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, please feel free to search, browse, download, and rate our Talk Podcasts you find them at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and, of course, at InvestTalk.com. Have a great night, everybody.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities.